Radio Action Theater presents Child of the Sun, the expedition of Hernando de Soto, a drama in five episodes. Your host, Eli Wallach. After a year of searching without success for treasure in the land of La Florida, Hernando de Soto in 1540 has been welcomed to the chiefdom of Cofitacheque in what is now South Carolina. The chief, or cacica, is a woman who has hidden herself in the countryside to avoid capture by the Spaniards. Word must have reached her that de Soto, to ensure provisions and bearers to carry his load, has made hostages of other chiefs. For their part, the Spaniards are eager to explore this new territory. Up till now, they have seen nothing of the treasure thereafter, like that found in Central America and Peru. But an Indian boy, taken captive by the Spaniards, has told them, the Indians of Cofitacheque prize gold. As the natives of this territory have welcomed De Soto with open arms, there is now reason to believe that gold is there for the taking. Episode 3 of Child of the Sun. Much feared in all the land. The story of the toils and hardships attending Don Hernando de Soto in the conquest of Florida, who he was and who the others were with him, all that they saw and what befell them. To the Board of Magistrates, Santiago de Cuba, very noble gentlemen, they say there is much commerce among the Indians here, an abundance of gold, and silver, and pearls. May it please God that this be so, for of what these Indians say, I believe nothing but what I see, and see well. But they will know, and have it for a saying among them, that if they lie to me, it will cost them their lives. After a difficult journey of more than one year, among native peoples who hid themselves and were often hostile, the expedition of Don Hernando de Soto had nearly met with catastrophe, lost in an unknown land, but had reached the populous town of Cofitacheque on the first day of May, 1540. Here, the land was fertile for many leagues in each direction. The houses we had first encountered in Florida had been roofed with grass. Here, they were roofed with cane after the fashion of tile and kept very clean. We received many presents of skins and blankets and gave the Indians in return the small bells which the Indians took to wearing on their arms and legs. I said this place is good. Good. The Indians were clothed down to their feet with very fine skins and blankets of sable fur. The people very clean and polite. The Spaniards were all enamored of the princess of Cofitacheque, niece of the Casica, and perfect in the extreme. Honoring her nobility, she was called... Senora, my deepest appreciation for your hospitality. Nia waka wile utinak kwaresi. 
The Senora says she will do everything possible in your service within the limits of her ability. Half the houses of the town have been emptied for your officers and the people have been sent elsewhere. You may tell her in the name of my Lord, the Emperor of all Christians, that I receive her kindness so that my sovereign might show gratitude in his own time and occasion, that her generosity will never be forgotten, that many other Christians who will come after us will be her protectors. I was against welcoming these people, and I am against it now. But what are we to do? The drought and sickness have left us weak. And how long will they stay? Forever. The land will no longer be ours. We're to welcome them as paramount chiefs. These people are not like us. They bring war. The lady chief is not here to see what has happened. Her city occupied by people who have come to destroy us. They have not abused our welcome. We'll see how long it takes. The senora had seen the great value the Spaniards placed in the pearls abundant in Cofitacheki. On behalf of her aunt, the Casica, she invited Don Hernando to visit the tombs of her ancestors and take as many as he wished of the precious pearls to be found there. Dismount, men! Smell of the dead baskets. Añasco, open this one here. Oh, a recent one. But the pearls look big as chickpeas. From the rivers, not the sea. And look how they burn holes in them. Some, not all. Open the others. Fortune. Incredible. <laughs> Leave them. Take 200 pounds only. Inventory the rest. But Don Hernando, their value... We will ask about the gold the boy described. Governor? Here, an emerald. There's more! Rosaries? More emeralds! Uh, look closely, Baltasar. Juan, this is no emerald. It's Spanish glass. Lucas Vasquez de Ayon, another man who failed like Narvaez. Killed by a fever soon after his ships arrived on the coast, somewhere east of here. His captains fought and killed each other over who should take his place. Now these relics are buried with the Indian dead. But they will not, they will not bury us. Senora, we visited the tomb of your ancestors, but took only as many of your precious pearls as would give us a memento of your great beauty. She says again that all she has is yours. Tell her 
We've heard from our guide there is much gold and silver in this land. We would like very much to see it. She has ordered her servants to bring out all the precious metals they have. <laughs> Look! Copper, polished to shine. It's what the boy Pedro described to wait, us. Wait, wait, wait. There is something else. Banca. The color of silver. Bah! Only the color. Juan Ortiz. You may thank the senora for this display of a rare metals. They are indeed beautiful. If there is no gold, there is no gold. Perhaps. We will find this woman who is their chief. If there is gold, it is with her. Tobar! Yes. Tobar, there is no gold here. But I know for a fact that Gallegos and Añasco wish to remain here to establish a colony. No! Impossible! Spread the word among the men. In case Don Hernando listens too closely to what Gallegos and Añasco have to say, there is no gold in Cofita Chequi. No. He asks too much. The Lady Chiefs made it plain. She does not wish to see these people. The Chief Soto requires one of us to guide him to her. It would be against her word. If we don't do as he wishes, he will attack us and kill our people. Tell him our honor will not permit us to take him to our Chief, that she wishes to remain alone. I have told him, but he wishes to see her. I command you to go, Red Bear and take them to the chief. Me? Because you are my cousin, and I know you will do as I say. Yes, I'll do what must be done. De Soto ordered Juan de Añasco to seek out the casica, who he suspected of concealing the treasure of Cofitacheki. Three days into a remote countryside, the Indian noble, their guide, told them gravely they were nearing the end of their journey. Near nightfall, the Indian sat quietly at the edge of the camp. The Spaniards watched him as he drew arrow after arrow from his quiver, each with brightly colored feathers to guide its flight. Sir, I salute your workmanship. He says, there is much we do not know about his people. Captain, look at this one. Captain Agnasco, quickly! What did he do? The last arrow was a dagger. He put it in his own heart. Don Hernando, the Indian noble who was guiding us, killed himself before we reached the casica. The bearers claimed they didn't know where to find her. We had no choice but to come back. Oh. Then it's time to leave this place. We've stayed long enough. Will you accept our counsel, Commandant? Baltasar, 
I always welcome what my trusted lieutenants are thinking. You're struck by this place, I know. Don Hernando, I agree with Baltasar, and we are not alone. Many of us want to settle in this land. It's rich and plentiful, and near the ocean. Ships could stop here from New Spain, Tierra Firme, even Cuba going to Spain. The people are friendly. Hmm. For how long? Don Hernando, I am for searching out the gold. Gentlemen, you all ignore one simple fact. A plague has wiped out the countryside. The fields lie fallow. In all this country, there's not food enough to feed our army a month. There are other lands close by. We could look for gold in time. The treasure of Atahualpa was more incredible than you can imagine, Juan. Gold, silver, precious jewels. Yes, there is land here. But did you not come here to find treasure? The treasure the others, Narvaez, Ponce, Ayun, died before they could find? No, Juan. No, Baltasar. We will go on. The natives had told De Soto of a province 12 days distant called Chiaja, subject to a chief of Cusa. De Soto resolved to go at once in quest of that country, and although he liked to know what his captains had to say, he was an inflexible man, dry of word, and did not like to be opposed. All bent to his will, for though it seemed an error to leave the land of Cofitacheki, no one would speak after Don Hernando had made up his mind. What is it? She is mourning the death of her cousin, the one who took his own life. All right, but tell her I must see her. I will get Pedro to translate. Senora, we're prepared to leave. But I must have the bear, as I asked of you. Pedro! She says she cannot grant your request. She has given you all she can. Tell her, I must have bearers. There are mountains ahead. Tell her all the other chieftains we've met have provided us with the carriers we needed. She says her cousin is dead because he could not disobey her orders but also could not betray the word of the Kasika who does not wish to see us. She says your men have acted badly in the town. Several women have been taken against their will. There has been stealing. Tell her. When an army encamps, it's not always possible to oversee the conduct of every man. She says she cannot provide you with anything. Then tell her. I have no alternative but to take her with me. We will have our bearers. Juan Ortiz, make it plain. I'll wait for her outside. For well-doing, dear senora, thus are you repaid. The 13th of May, 1540. De Soto set out from Cofitacheki with a large number of bearers, 
and the senora as his guest. The country turned bleak, its people primitive. For a hundred leagues, the senora was greatly obeyed. The natives did not wish to see her harmed. Pedro, tell the senora, I have no wish to be here, that I was left by my people 12 years ago. My only thoughts are for my own Sevilla. But I have learned the native language, you see. I must serve my king. Perhaps this journey will end soon. Juan Ortiz, what does she want? She says she must stop here and go into the thicket to relieve herself. Very well. Who's this woman going with her? She bears the basket for the lady's needs. Tell them we can't wait long. What did she say? She thanks your lordship for your hospitality. Senora, you are too long. Ortiz, Pedro. Gallegos, Añasco, after her. You, man, quickly. What, Ortiz, you had no inkling of this? And Pedro, put her people in chains before they run. The senora could not be found. She'd taken with her a box of valuable pearls De Soto had hoped to take from her when they reached the end of her territories. Word reached the Spaniards later that the senora had returned to Cofitacheki with a runaway slave from the expedition and that they lived as man and wife. Next time, I will find me a woman. <laughs> you should have done it in the last place. Now we're back among the savages. <laughs> with nothing to eat. Uh, what about the little dogs that do not bark? Ow! A rodent! Dog or rodent? It's tasty when there is nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday, the 25th of May. We went over a high ridge, suffering severe cold, though it was near summer. Agnesco, the horses are worn out, unfit to be mounted, and the men scattered everywhere. If we were attacked now... We'd be they... slaughtered, yes. The men are grumbling more each day. Word has already reached them there's no gold here. Yes, but Don Fernando has a report of gold to the north. Juan, look at the mountains to the north. Steep ridges, no trails... No way to get through. He will only send a small force in that direction. The rest of the army will move south to this Cusa. Juan, Moscoso is pressing Don Hernando to keep up the search for gold when it's obvious we'll never find it. This is a different country than Peru. It's up to you and me to stop him. Stop Don Hernando. I don't know, Baltasar. We are... At his command. The king? Yes, the king. 
But the king is not here to see what is happening. We're deeper in Indian country than we've ever been before, and making enemies of all. Baltasar. I cannot question Don Hernando. I'm sorry, Baltasar. It's my first expedition. I hope it's not your last. Arriving at the prosperous town of Chiaja, Don Hernando asked the chief for 30 women slaves. The chief conferred with his council. That night, the people fled. With 30 horsemen and as many on foot, Don Hernando went out to hunt them down. Passing by the towns of chiefs who'd gone off, he cut down and destroyed the great maize fields. At an island in a river, Soto learned that a large number of townsmen were hiding where the cavalry could not go. He sent a message by an Indian. Tell them uh, to return to their homes at once and provide us bears as every other chief has done. That, uh, seeing the great value your people place upon them, uh, I will not ask for your women as long as we have our bears. The people judged it well to return to their homes and make their excuses, giving Don Hernando the slaves he needed. The expedition traveled six more days toward the paramount chiefdom of Cusa. On the sixth day of July, 1540, after sending many messengers, the great cacique of Cusa himself came out to greet us borne on a litter on the shoulders of his principal men, seated on a cushion and covered with a mantle of marten skins. On his head, a diadem of plumes. Powerful Lord, superior to every other on the earth. I received you in my heart the first day I heard of you. The country, thickly settled in numerous and large towns, with fields extending from one to another, was pleasant, with rich soil and fair river margins. But finding nothing of the treasure he was seeking, Don Hernando was determined to move on in the warm weather. Many more men and women were taken and put in chains. On Friday the 20th of August, 1540, De Soto set out for the province called Tascalusa, taking with him the cacique of Cusa. Crossing a river, the expedition reached Talise, surrounded by maize fields. The inhabitants had gone off, but a chief had come on behalf of Tascalusa. He says the Grand Cacique of Tascalusa sends him to salute you. And the Cacique is told how all are led captive by your perfections and power and that he longs to see you as much as he could desire the continuance of life itself. Don Hernando, 
We've heard many other tribes are afraid of this Tascalusa. Good. Uh, tell the cacique we send these beads as a token of our esteem. The Indians care nothing for these beads. Tell him we also look forward to our meeting as much as life itself. Don Hernando seemed eager to meet this chief, whose warlike reputation preceded him, but first sent two soldiers after the cacique's messenger so the Spaniards might take counsel and be forewarned. This is how they come. In peace? With spies and worthless trinkets? Let's not provoke them. Perhaps he is the child of the sun, as they claim. <laughs> they have no god, or else their gods are evil and must be killed. Tascalusa? He has made slaves of other tribes and taken their women for his soldiers. Hear this, child of the sun. The sun will not rise on the day the people of Tuscaloosa become slaves. The following night, the governor, Don Hernando, rested at a village two leagues from the town where the cacique Tuscaloosa, much feared in all the land, awaited us. Hernando de Soto's decision not to establish a colony in what is now South Carolina was a fateful one, not only for his expedition, but for the future history of North America. Had he founded such a colony, Spain might have established a stronger foothold in North America, ahead of the English and French who came after. But the conquistadores were not after land. They were seeking the immediate rewards of gold and silver, their payment for pacifying the Indians and bringing them within the dominion of the Spanish crown. This is Eli Wallach. Join me next time for another episode of Child of the Sun. Child of the Sun, a drama in five episodes, was produced and directed by Robert Clem and adapted from the true relation of the Portuguese gentleman of Elvas, published in 1557. Music score composed and performed by Donald Stark. Script by Robert Clem. Sound effects by Arthur Miller. In the cast were Roger Preto, Arturo Castillo, Emilio Del Pozo, Francisco Rivella, Mateo Gomez, Paul D'Amato, Juan Aguero, Adriano Gonzalez, Blanca Camacho, Ron Hale, Raul Breton, and George Lee Andrews. The program was recorded at West Tracks Recording Studios in New York City by Jesse Plumley and mixed at the studios of South Carolina Educational Radio by Bill Sexton. For portions of the program recorded in Native American languages, special thanks to Greg Keyes, to Robert Bushyhead and Gene Blanton of the North Carolina Cherokees, and to the Choctaw people of Conahata, Mississippi. Funding for this series was provided by the Florida Humanities Council, the Arkansas Humanities Council, the North Carolina Humanities Council, the Mississippi Humanities Council, the New Jersey Committee for the Humanities, the South Carolina Humanities Council, and the Program for Cultural Cooperation between Spain's Ministry of Culture and U.S. Universities. The series is a production of Radio Action Theater and the Foundation for New Media.